Judges chapter 2 in your Bibles. Judges chapter 2 in your Bibles. My four guys are, but I appreciate their help this week. They were here early, 6.45, 7 o'clock every morning. Appreciate them and all that they did for me. You know, um, it's not football season. I don't know if you all know that or not. But uh, for a real football fan uh, like me, um, football season never ends. Uh like right now, we're scouting free agents, and uh, we're waiting to see who we're going to pick in the draft. The draft is in April, uh, if you didn't know. Uh, but uh, uh, what happens in the draft normally, uh, most teams who lose, because if you have 30 teams in the NFL, 29 of them are losers. Uh, last year, uh, all of them were losers except the Broncos. Uh, this year, the Broncos were losers. Uh, that's hard to swallow, but that's true. Um, if, how many of y'all got the brochure? I don't know if y'all picked up that subtle hint uh, in the center of the uh, poster there uh, from the from the Broncos. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, what happens with the draft? A lot of times, the NFL draft, the NBA draft, Major League Baseball draft. I don't know what sport you follow, but uh, a lot of teams, especially those that are desperate. They go into a draft and they're looking for the next big thing. I mean, they want the guy that's going to change their team. That's going to make them go from worst to first. And the truth is, if you look at some of those teams, Cleveland Browns, (laughs) that doesn't always work. In fact, most of the time it does not. There are other teams, and I can't believe that I'm going to say this, but honest to goodness, I'm going to preach what God has laid on my heart. There are other teams, like the Patriots... who do not look for the next big thing. But know that the system they have in place works. And they pick for that system. That's why if you, if you ask some, some even Patriots fans, they don't even know who their players are. Not necessarily because they're not big fans, just because their players are just random. And they're they're just not superstars. The system makes them superstars. And they say, Brother Davis, where are you going with this? You'll see in just a moment. You and I come from a generation, and I'm going to show you in just a moment, where we look for, as Samsung told us, the next... Big thing. It drives us. We want 
that next big thing. And it has changed our churches. I'm going to preach this morning, and I'm going to preach predominantly to the teenagers, but I would like to invite the youth pastors and the pastors that are here to listen because we're going to, gener- we're going to look at a couple generations, and one of those or two of those will affect a couple of us. Judges chapter 2, look at verse number 7. <clears throat> Here's what the Bible says. Judges chapter 2, verse number 7. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his, of his inheritance in Timnathirs, in the mount of Ephraim, in the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation were gathered under their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed after other, followed other gods of the, of the gods of the people were, that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. Look at verse 13 as well. And forsook the Lord. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. I want to pray and then I'm going to preach on this subject. The next big thing is the same big thing. My voice is rough. I'm not going to move a lot. You're going to have to work to listen. You may be tired. It's the last service. But I'm going to pray that God would do something in your heart for your generation. Now let me say this. Your generation is not those in your school. We, we sometimes think a generation means those that are, are in my grade or those that are in my youth department. A generation is a lot more than that. And you have the ability to influence people for a lot longer than you think you do. I want you to please listen to me and let the Lord speak to your heart. Let's pray. God, please give my voice clarity. Give my mind clarity. Holy Spirit of God, as I speak to ears, I pray you would speak to hearts. Use the message, I pray. As we promote, Lord, the system... Not the players. Lord, because it's not the players that make the team great. It's the system. And Lord, you, you are the next big thing. The next big thing is the same big thing. Help us, God, to see that. Lord, I think we've forgotten it. Lord, this generation needs a reminder of some of those great works. 
Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The children of Israel, the Bible says, serve the Lord. Keep your Bibles open. Everything's coming out of that, that passage. Joshua was their leader. And he taught them, they saw under the leadership of Joshua, they saw so many miracles. They, they saw the power of God. They saw the Jordan River dry up so that they could cross over. They saw the walls of Jericho fall flat. They saw God fight against five kings of the Amorites and large hailstones come down and destroy them. They saw the sun stand still for a day. They saw their enemies subdued before them so that they did not even have to go to battle. God fought for them. They did not do the work. God did the work. Therefore, they did not get the glory. God got the glory. They were the, they were the generation that were forced to trust God because there were some times that they got to an enemy that was stronger than they were. And they went to God and they said, what do we do? And they had to trust God. They went through many hardships and sacrifices, but they trusted God. And God provided. And they were able to conquer the land with Joshua. Joshua passes off the scene or is fading and there is another generation pass, uh, coming on and a generation is 50 to 75 years, they say. And so another generation comes on and I know it was different in Bible times. I'm trying to relate it to you. But that generation comes on and as this generation comes, they reap the benefits and sacrifices of the hard work and the battles that were fought by the fathers before them. They heard the stories of what God did. They heard this. They heard about conferences like this. But they'd never been to one. They saw the stones. But they didn't know what they meant. So they asked and they heard the story. And they said, oh... Okay, that's what that means. Wow. They heard of the ruins of the city of Jericho as a story. They heard the stories of the power of God, but they never experienced it themselves. They had land, they had possessions, but they had no idea how they got them. They heard... They became interested in developing the land God gave them, so much so they lost track of having time for God Himself. They grew up in affluence. See, they had money now. They had land. They had, they had stuff. They're dwelling safely in the cities that they did not build. They're eating fruit in vineyards that they did not plant. They're, they're enjoying riches of enemies they did not conquer. They never learned to trust in God. They only learned to take 
from God. Everybody listen to me. They never learned to trust in God. They only learned to take from God. Lord, I need you. Never came out. Lord, give me. Always came out. They did not have to experience sacrifice and hardship. The benefits were handed to them. They had extra time without battles to pursue pleasures. Which soon became their gods. That's why we read that later on the next generation follows the gods of the Amorites. This time of prosperity continued. And so then when this generation passes off the scene, a new generation comes on. And this next generation, the Bible says, look at your Bibles. Judges 2, verse 10. And also, all that generation were gathered under their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord. Somehow, in all their getting of prosperity, somehow, somehow in all of their, their living their life for them... They forgot to tell their next generation, oh, by the way, this is from God. Oh, by the way, you need to trust God. Oh, oh, by the way, you need to serve God. Oh, by the way, you need to give God part of this. Oh, by the way, uh, you you need to give God one day a week. Uh, Oh, by the way, and they forgot all that. They forgot the sacrifices. They forgot all that. They forgot to tell those stories. And so they grew up, this generation, not knowing God. The first generation had experiences with God. The second generation heard the experiences of God. The third generation does not even honor God. Just like in our text, there rises a generation that knows not the Lord or His works. In our day and age, I just want you to know, this passage of Scripture is pretty accurate. And I don't know whether you're first generation or second generation or third generation. I don't know whether your parents were saved or or whether you're a preacher's kid or whether you're a bus kid here or all that. I don't know all that stuff. But let me tell you something. Wherever you relate or fall in this right here, I got news for you. If you've never if 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 you don't if you've never trusted in God and you've only took from God or you fall in that category, find yourself in there. In one of these areas. You see that first generation was Joshua. This is probably your preacher. This is the older generation. We've seen some of these men on these videos. This is probably your parents. Some of you. This is some of the men you've heard this week. Not me by the way. Not Brother Cooper either. This is those that have built your church. This is the men that put the walls up in your church that you run by and hit. 
These are the old ladies that vacuum. When you throw the paper in the floor. These are the men that go through and pick the candy wrappers out of the back of the pews. The Joshua's. They battled so that you could have a building. They did without. Gave extra. They paid public school taxes. And Christian school tuition. So you can go to school. At a Christian school. Or buy a homeschool curriculum and still pay public school taxes so they can homeschool you. They preached Jesus. They ran buses. They sacrificed spiritually and financially. And they built the churches that you came from. Then there's a second generation. This is the men of Joshua or those that followed those men. This would be my generation. I I would think youth pastors uh, this morning, this is a lot of you, maybe some of you pastors. uh, um, My dad got saved and uh, and me, him, and my grandpa got saved at at the same, you know, the same summer. So I don't know who's first, you know, but we all grew up together. We're all the same spiritual age. But um, the truth is, this second generation, we're Baptist born and Baptist bred, and if we don't, if we don't straighten up, we're, going, we're one more generation from being Baptist dead. You see, we went to conferences like this. Didn't we, guys? I remember. We heard the preaching. It was big. It was bigger. It was awesome. We've seen it, but let me tell you something. Some didn't get it. Some of them say, well, those old truths, they ain't that important. Ain't that important. I'm looking for the next big thing. It's not major on minors. Let's do that which is right in our own eyes. Now listen, I've heard that before somewhere. I think it's in the book of Judges. So we change our positions. We change what the Bible says about things. We change our standards. We change our doctrine. We we, 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 We change who we are. You know why? Because a lot of us had everything handed to us. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I didn't. I'm a bus kid. I learned it all from this book right here. I didn't have a mom and dad to tell me. And all of you teenagers that are out there, man, I want to run so bad. I wish I wasn't injured. All of you teenagers that are out there and you got a mom and dad to teach you, 
You college students that are out there and you got a mom and dad to teach you or that's taught you. And they've taught you the Bible and they've instilled it inside of you and they've invested in that next generation. And you're going to throw that away for the next big thing? You ever wonder why you hear a preacher preaching? They're like, yeah, uh, I got saved and this and this. And you're like, man, that guy wasn't, you know, wasn't raised in a Christian home and this guy wasn't raised in a Christian. It's amazing to me how many Christian raised teenagers throw it away. I would give my arm to have that heritage. I didn't start reading. I'll tell you this more about this in a minute. But I didn't start reading the Bible until I was 17. Some of you go to schools where you, you get it every day. And you complain. I never knew what godly music was. Still can't sing. I never went teen soul winning. Some of you were handed all these things. Listen to me, youth pastors. I'm talking to you too. You were handed these things. I never knew about standards. Until until I got I got in church, right with God, and then I got in arguments with my youth pastor and my assistant pastor saying, that is nuts. Show me. Because I thought it was crazy. Some of you have been shown your whole life. And the world shows you something shiny and you say, okay, some girl says, hello. And you say, forget it. Some boy says, hey, baby. And you say, forget my dad, who's loved me my whole life. So teenagers, you're my heart, and that's the next generation. Let me tell you what happened. I want you to listen to me, listen to me good. You may have never heard the preaching you heard this week. Some of you have. You you came over and over and over again. Your generation needs you. Look at teenagers today. You know, I don't have to preach on them. My preacher already covered most of everything. And if he didn't, Doc did last night. There ain't nothing else to preach on. You may think the next big thing or cool thing or popular thing or most viewed thing on Facebook is what it's all about. But I want to tell you right now, the next big thing is the same big thing. Now listen, listen. Some people hate it. Oh, they was making fun of it yesterday. I put a video on Facebook and somebody said something negative. They don't like it. Just like I don't like the Patriots. You know why I don't like the Patriots? Because they win. (laughs) Let me tell you why people don't like this. Because they know it's right. 
Let me tell you why some of you who are not right with God are not comfortable. It's because you know this is right. Deep down, you know. The next big thing is the same. Listen, it wasn't Joshua or the men of Joshua that was great. Listen, you can find me the next great youth speaker. Find me some slick guy that's a great youth preacher and, and man, he's awesome and oh man, he's, he's the best. Wonderful. I've heard those guys and I love them and they're, and they're great. I remember as a teenager, man, I had them sign my Bible. They were great. And they pass off the scene. Some of them are, 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 are out of the ministry because of sin. Some of them are in jail. Let's just get real. This is still the same. Some of them have changed. Some of them tell me that's not true anymore. What I preached to you 15 years ago in a setting just like this. A sermon just like you heard 30 minutes ago. I don't, I didn't mean it. Well, what my wife used to wear, you know, she was psycho. She didn't know what she was doing. This is still the same. I'm not looking for the next big thing. The next big thing is the same big thing. Today, teenagers and youth pastors and pastors bounce from favorite preacher and favorite youth preacher and favorite youth conference preacher and favorite college. Boing, 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 boing. And we got a college. But we bounce back and forth. And, and listen... We don't have to be your favorite. We'd like to be one of your favorites. But let me tell you something. This is the same. If every Bible college in America goes liberal, this is the same. If our Bible college goes liberal, this is the same. This is the same. The next big thing is the same big thing. So what happened? How did you go from Joshua? I mean, the guy who was, I mean, he was the man. Crossing seas. Miracle water. Provision. Fallen walls. To serving other gods. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. They knew the... Blessings. They knew the schedule. They knew the right words. They knew the right clothes. They knew the right motions. They knew what to say and when to say it and what to do. And listen, I don't care if you're the preacher's kid or the president's kid or the Pollock's kid. All right? We all learn that. We know how to play church. That's what they call it in the mountains. We know how to play church. But they knew not 
the Lord. Three things and I'll be done. Number one, know God. If I could say one thing to you, I would love God to call every single young man to preach in here. Okay? I would. But not as much as I would like every single young man in here to know God. Because if you know God, it'll change your life. Listen, I look back at youth conference in 2000 when God called me to preach. And I remember being called to preach. I do. But I really don't think that's what changed my life. I really don't. Like I went up there, I looked around... Looked at everybody, went back to my seat, and then we left. Was it? What changed my life is when I got home. For the first time, I got to know God. And I'm going to be real honest. I've been preaching since I was 17 years old, and I've wanted to quit a lot. And if I was only, if, if that day the only decision I made was to be a preacher, I'd have quit. And some of you guys that got called to preach and you quit, It's because you never got to know God. Because you can't preach about a God you don't know. I went back and I got me a Bible. And I got me a, uh, a uh, Strong's Concordance. Y'all got all them computers and things now, but we had books back in the old days. And I had a Strong's Concordance. It was a book about this thick. And I had a Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. It's a big, thick, green book. And I sat down and I began to study the Bible. And every day I would read the Bible. And I'm telling you, that's what changed my life. I didn't wake up and say, I'm a preacher. I got along with God. Hey, I knew church. I knew the youth group. I knew my youth pastor. I knew my pastor. I knew activities. I knew the walk. I knew the talk. I knew the rules. But I didn't know God. I was saved. But I didn't know God. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all know Michael Jordan? Raise your hand. How many of y'all know Michael Jordan? Yeah. No, 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 no. How many of y'all really know Michael Jordan. You see, sadly, that's how our relationship is with God. We know God like we know Michael Jordan. We think he's the greatest, and we know that he's done a lot of stuff. 
And sometimes we look at his highlight reel. And that's about as deep as it gets. You may go to Christian school and you may go to Bible college. You may do a lot for him. But do you know him? Number two, let me say this. Your generation needs you to serve him. Your generation does need you to serve him. You will serve God or other gods. That's it. God or other gods. Meaning yourself, the devil, the world, your flesh. You will serve God or other gods. You get to choose. When you really get to know God, though, you want to serve Him. You know, that first group served God for God. Joshua, he learned from Moses. And they served God because of God. We want to serve you for you. That second group, though, served for them. Oh, we need this land. Let's get it. Kind of like, uh, can I get a chair? Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Servant alert. Servant alert. Servant alert. Y'all know somebody like that? Don't point. False servants. They serve for self, for their glory, for their gain, for popularity, for uh, for for peer pressure. Then that third generation doesn't even serve God. Your generation needs you to serve your God. What are you doing for your God? I mean, if you list it out, you say, I'm, I do this for my God. And then ask yourself this. Is it for you or for your God? Well, I work a bus route. How many friends you got on the bus route? Is that for you or is that for God? Do you knock extra doors on that bus route? Because that would be for God. Number three, love God. There may be somebody here with a problem with your parents, problem with an authority. And you may say, I just, I just can't get along with them. Let me tell you something. If you know God and you're serving God and you love God, you'll find that the problems you have with authorities generally aren't with authorities. They're with God. Generally, when I have a problem with authority, it's not really my, my problem's not really with that authority. It's really a problem with God. Amen. Give you an illustration. There was a boy, preacher was preaching, and boy was the preacher preached on dating, and uh, 
boy was sitting by a girl that he liked. And the preacher said, now, if you want me to show you scripture, come bring, uh, come and I'll show you scripture. So the preacher was sitting eating over at the table and the um, boy brought his Bible and he slammed his Bible down on the table and spilled soup up on the preacher's shirt. He said, show me. And the preacher spent about an hour showing him, you know, scriptures about, you know, dating and how you shouldn't, you know, neck, pet, touch. And um, he looked at the boy and he said, you see it? Yeah. He said, you understand? Yeah. He said, is it in there? Yeah. He said, what do you think? He said, I think I'm still going to date my girlfriend. And uh, the preacher said, well, can I share a story with you? And the boy said, sure. He said, I really got a problem with my wife. The little boy looked at him. He said, no, listen, I just need you to listen to me for a minute. He said, she's all the time harping at me about the trash. She's like, take out the trash, take out the trash, take out the trash. The trash is full, the trash is full. He said, listen, if there's one thing I hate, it's taking out the trash. Why can't she take out the trash? It's in the kitchen. Stay with me. The boy just looked at him and he said, uh, he said, well, I just, he said, no, listen, listen to me now. He said, it's bad. He said, I'm not even, I'm not even staying in the same room. He said, you know, we're just, we're just arguing and fighting. He said, I just don't know what to do. He said, you got any advice for me? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I I just, I I don't know what to do. And the little boy looked at him and said, well, I mean, if, if you just, I mean, I guess if, if, if you loved your wife, you would take out the, And he stopped. He looked at the preacher and he said, You don't got a problem with the wife and the trash, do you? <laughs> and the preacher said, Nope, but you got one with God and dating your girlfriend. Love God. Now listen to me real good. The next big thing is the same big thing. This world is going to offer you a lot of stuff. Especially those of you who have come through multiple generations of investments. They're going to say, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I don't know what it may be, but it's going to be something that you're going to think is the next big thing. One time it was cosmetology, and one time it was this, and one time it was that, and one time it was this, and something else is big, and uh, one time it was cooking, and one time it was this. and I mean, there's always some next big fad that everybody wants to get into. That if you really want to know, it's a big distraction from the real big thing. If you know him and you serve him and you love him, the rest will take care of itself. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.